Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another podcast for Hurry and Yell. It's the Hurry and Yell podcast. The Hurry and Yell podcast. Episode this is 14. Number 14. I was going to do it a little bit you different. You were stumbling around. You didn't know what you were doing. Well, I'm going to have a little bit more beer then. But yes, this is Hurry and Yell podcast number 14. I am Patrick, and this is uh, Brian. Hello, everyone, once Today, again. Today, we are drinking Old Scrooge from Silver City Brewery. Uh, it is a beer that has been sitting in whiskey barrels for the last year. So, it is quite tasty. Um, it can, tastes stiffer than it is. You can definitely taste the bourbon. Yes, it tastes stiffer than it is, and it is 9.6% already. We are entering winter ale season, uh, so it's my favorite season. Not to mention, Old Scrooge brings back one of your favorite Christmas movies and Christmas stories of all time, right? A Christmas Carol? A Christmas Carol. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I w- one of the first times I ever met you, you were going off about watching A Christmas Carol. It's not any any version either. It's a 1983 TV movie starring George C. Scott. That's the only one he will watch. I'm not going to watch the black and white version from the 30s. I'm not going to watch from the 50s. I've got the book. I've read the book. I think I've got the audio book. Um, but George C. Scott is the perfect Scrooge because he didn't even have to act. This is going to come to a shock to absolutely no one who love, who uh, knows me. But my favorite Christmas Carol version is the cartoon. Oh, my God. Yep. The one with Scrooge as Scrooge. You know what I hate more than anything? Well, (laughs) (laughs) we don't have that much time, Pat. (laughs) Pet peeve of mine. uh, Turning a Christmas Carol into a musical. I didn't appreciate it when Kelsey Grammer, who you old people may remember as Frasier, uh, was in a TNT TV movie, I think. I think it was, yeah, uh, in the 90s, and there's a musical. Patrick Stewart played Scrooge. That was a musical. Jim Carrey's CGI Abomination. That was a musical. The dialogue of A Christmas Carol is so vibrant and perfect, just destroying it with slapdick musicals is really ruins it for me. Um, it's. I was. I was going to even even before I bought this beer. I was going to bring this uh, this movie up. Um, well, it's this perfect segue. It just masters the whole, what Christmas is about, um, which is eating turkey, drinking too much punch, and being with your family. Yeah, and uh, you know, forsaking capitalism for one day. Yep. Um, <laughs> That being said, I still – there are two movies that I have to watch every Christmas. Well, three now. One of them I've already watched this year is Elf. I mean, you have to watch Elf. I have to watch some version of A Christmas Carol, and usually it is the George C. Scott version. And I have to watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I have to watch that one either on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. I always uh... – as a kid, we'd rent National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation the second week of December. The Christmas in the movie is so much of a shit show that you don't want it to get too close to your Christmas because it may infect your Christmas. But we every single year, you rent the video from Blockbuster, you watch it. There's that. There's It's a Wonderful Life. I don't watch that every year, but some years you feel like you need to. Yeah, and this might be one of those years. <laughs> after the after the last twelve months, <laughs> this might be one of those years Ooh, where you need to watch it. I mean, what is a better you know microcosm personification of Christmas than a man who gives up education, career? his future, his happiness to help his sad, drunk uncle run a failing bank. His drunkle. <laughs> um, it's a great movie, though. It is. 
And then uh, Elf, that's another one. You just you can't go wrong with Elf. And the Santa Claus, if it, if you need to. It's, that's one of those movies where I will never go out of my way to watch it. But, but if it's on TV... If it's on, and you get it early, you have to catch it early. You have to catch it before he actually turns into Santa Claus. Yeah, you have to go through the fact that he's just a terrible dad. Yep, Scott um, Calvin. Scott Calvin. Yep, So very, very horrible dad. But he turns it around at the end. You know, there's hope for everybody. It's like Liar Liar. That's true. Liar Liar is the exact same thing. Divorce dad. And I feel, actually, isn't the stepdad in both those movies Carrie Always? It's oh, not. No, it's, it's Judge Reinhold, and he is in both of them. <laughs> no, Carrie Always was in Liar Liar. Carrie Always was in yeah. Liar Liar and Judge. Well, they're the same person. Judge Reinhold, who's also in Fast Times original. And was the close talker from the famous Seinfeld episode, The Kiss Hello, I believe. So Wasn't Judge Reinhold also in Die Hard? Wasn't he a cop? Wasn't, wasn't Judge Reinhold a cop, like a rookie cop in some movie as well? 48 Hours? Was it? I don't or remember. Beverly Hills Cop? Beverly Hills Beverly Cop. Beverly Hills Cop. Okay. Die Hard. I should, was, I'm ashamed. Was, I mean, he's most famous for the... Uh, Past times of Ragebond High. Does anybody fucking knock? <laughs> <laughs> yep. The most famous scene of that movie, one of the most famous scene, scenes of the 80s. I mean, my favorite line from him is, uh, I hope you had a hell of a piss, Art, after he gets fired. <laughs> but <laughs> he definitely should have gotten fired for that. <laughs> kick 100% of your ass. He was, he was the... So popular at the beginning, and then that whole movie just spiraled downhill. Do you want me to talk to Dennis Taylor for you? <laughs> Put a good word in for it. The pompous guy, he works in fast food. He's got it all together. And then he ends up working at the, the convenience store and he's thwarting a, the robbery. Well, he's he's a pirate. First of all, he works at a pirate delivery place. It's true. <laughs> Fast so times. somehow we ended up with Judge Reinhold when we started talking about George C. Scott. George C. Scott, actors of a very different caliber. This is what we do. One of these times, we are going to podcast our car trip from Spokane or from Seattle to Pullman, and people can listen to just how inane our conversations usually I'm not are. Sure, they want to. We'd have to edit it down. Well, that's because so it's get, four get hours. The best, the best hour. Uh, there would be some good stuff. Maybe 15 minutes of the Who's Better 95 Nebraska 2001 Miami conversation. That is the go-to. Go for USC as a compelling argument there, too. They do. But they never existed. Speaking of football, um, the conference championship games were last weekend. Yes, they were. And we pretty much nailed all of them. Ohio State-Wisconsin was closer than we thought. It's true. But that's not because of Wisconsin. Ohio State didn't play and that Georgia well. Georgia beating Auburn was a little bit less close than we thought. Yes. Even though I think we picked Georgia. I picked Georgia. You picked Auburn. Oh, well, but you happens. you picked Auburn because you didn't think Georgia could run the ball on them. Which they really didn't until nope. the fourth quarter when Auburn's will kind of. Once they got a up. Bit. Yep. Yeah. I, that was the Georgia defense that won that game for them. Kirby got them lined up in the right place. They were a lot went smarter. Right down the field, but Auburn, I feel like they they uh, they threw everything out there on that first drive, and had then they had no other tricks left. Weird. It's almost like you've said that a time or two before on this podcast. It happens. You know, Georgia played a lot more disciplined this game than they did the first time against Auburn as well. Clemson destroyed Miami. Pick, we both picked that. Yeah. Oklahoma over TCU. Both. The exact same score as the first time, right? 38-17? I think it was 41-17 this time, but pretty much the exact same thing. Best game was the, the one on Friday. Of which I never, I didn't watch a second of that game. I didn't either. I had seventh grade basketball practice. By the way, seventh grade purple team, 2-0 and this weekend, 8-3 and overall. Nice. Yeah, got them playing well. You guys got to lose five games in a row to get to your 500 average that you keep. The other team's three and six, so I'm still doing okay. Do you have a notebook somewhere with your coaching record all time no. written down? Why not? I should. Oh, my God. I totally would do that. I should have. My coaching record is five and five. 
five and five. Mine, mine's under five hundred because my month of December is always bad. What, what are you distracted? No, are it's, the kids distracted? No, it's because they take them a while to gel. But once they gel, January and February is a lot better. But this year, it helps that they eight of the ten kids have played together before, so it didn't. I didn't need to. They didn't need to gel. So I could just install the offense. You no, know, it takes. I remember when I was playing, it was like at least at least three games. Um, and that was with we didn't run complicated shit back then. I don't. High pick and roll. I don't run really you complicated run stuff. Mo- motion up until this year, you run the motion offense. This is actually what I still do. I don't run read and react. Didn't put it in. I didn't learn it well enough to be able to coach it. I want to. It's a lot more complicated than I thought it would be. So I just decided to put it as a, we're going to go with a motion, but we're going to go with a five out motion because all of my kids can shoot. So even my, my, even my two big kids love the 15 foot baseline jumper. Oh, I love that. And they both hit them. So my offense is designed, get the ball into the middle. Everyone collapses, kick it out. Like the Spurs. Yep. Except I thrive. My team thrives on, the shot that the NBA doesn't like, and that's the uh, mid-range jump shot. Because they're seventh graders. They don't shoot three-pointers that well. We were talking about the best conference or the best conference championship game, which was USC Stanford, and neither one of us watched it because it was on Friday because Larry Scott's a tool bag. Yeah, we've touched on that a few times. It's interesting that uh, USC – Conference champion, two losses do not get even thought of, not even considered for uh, the playoff. They were behind a three-loss Auburn team. They were behind three SEC teams, two Big Ten teams. USC's losses were to Notre Dame, who I think top 20 team. Yep. And Washington State, top 20 team. Yep. Both on the road. Yep. And they have a bad, and it's one of those was a bad loss. I mean, Notre Dame beat them pretty well. Yeah, but, but I Ohio mean, State. Ohio State was somehow in the conversation losing to Iowa by 30. Luckily, they didn't get in. The committee got it right. They did, and I was I was shocked. I was shocked that they As did. As was Kirk Herbstreit, who was so shocked that they got it right that he walked off the set to collect himself. Did he agree with that? Yes. He did? He's, wow. The people thought he was being an Ohio State homer who walked up the city. That would have been my guess. He's but, saying, but he's never a homer. So I thought that would have been really weird. Because he really is not a homer. He had to meet, move out of Ohio because people harassed him for not being a homer. That's like, true. It's So people love to crap on him. But I really, I really enjoy him. He's a little sensitive, but... It reminds me a little bit of Brock here in the state of Washington. Where is, it, is it the tan? It's the tan, the blonde hair. The quarterback. The, the quarterback, the boyish good looks. I mean, Herb Street hasn't aged. And neither has Brock. Yeah. I mean, Brock still looks like Ivan Drago from the 80s. Uh, and he has ever since college. But, you know, Brock did the Cougar Bowl game last year. And everyone who I know hated it because, oh, it's a Husky doing the Cougar Bowl game. I like Brock when he does the games. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't have to – he's just talking about the game and he doesn't get on a, on his preachy high horse where he's long-winded he can, because another play happens. Yep. Um, that bowl game was ugly, but they get to go back down there and try it again. Yep, and I have a roommate who's a Michigan State alum, so we are already talking mad shit to each other. I actually know a couple of Michigan State alums, too. Yep. Uh, I don't know if Michigan State runs the same defense they've run for the last six, seven years. But if they run that same defense, the Cougs are going to kick the shit out of them. That's what we said about Minnesota, man. Bowl games are a crapshoot. No, the Minnesota thing was different. The Minnesota thing was different. It was, are there is their team going to be on the field? That's true. Uh, by the way, I just thought of my question that I want to ask you at the end of the podcast. So I want to ask you a question. Down, you'll forget about no, I won't because I'm. It, it, there's something that I'm staring at right now that will be a constant reminder. So uh, we won't have to worry about that. What's my favorite Christmas carol? No, 
but it is going to be Christmas. And he sleeves is the answer. Carol of the Bells is number two. Carol of the Bells. Away in the manger, number three. An honorable mention, Little Drummer Boy. Trans-Siberian Orchestra's live in Sarajevo, Carol of the Bells. <laughs> it is the best. <laughs> I love that you had the, the album. What child is this from Trans-Siberian Orchestra, too? That thing is epic. Everything from Trans-Siberian <laughs> Orchestra is epic. Uh, I, <laughs> Let's get focused here. We'll get to whatever your question is later. Okay. Um, the Huskies are in the Fiesta Bowl. They are. They're I playing Penn State. I'm going to let you have the floor on this one because uh, I know how much you love Penn State. The Huskies are going to win this game by at least two touchdowns. I think I think Penn State lost their OC, and then usually after the OC leaves, the quarterback coach calls plays. Quarterback coach is going to wherever the hell the guy's going. Mississippi State? Yeah. Yeah. So – what does that leave? James Franklin to call plays? That's going to be a disaster. That means Saquon Barkley is going to be running the ball 35 times. Yeah, and it, that's it's not going to work. Nope. Penn State doesn't score 20 points. I think Penn State's defense is okay. but So uh, let's – well, we'll do a big yeah. bowl preview uh, in a couple of weeks. Well, yeah, sure. but the bowl games we care about too. I'm not going to pick. Yeah, the, we're not going to pick Troy versus Western Kentucky the, for the, the fifth year in a row. The R and L Carriers Bowl. The, you know, cheese puff supreme taco bowl. I don't even know what the names are. Like one year, I used to watch every single bowl game. I'm just so you know. I was also single and in high school. Just so you know, I'm going to say. The name of the bowl games, and I'm going to say the name of every sponsor in the. In the oh, bowl you're pulling a Clay Helton. Oh yes. Okay. In the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, or the the, the Fiesta Bowl should be Tostitos. Is the Tostitos <laughs> Fiesta Bowl? There are certain games. The Pacific Life Holiday. Pacific bowl. Life Holiday Bowl. The All State Sugar Bowl. Yep. The FedEx Orange, Orange bowl. bowl. Yes. The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl game presented by AT and T. It's the Rose Bowl game. It well, doesn't need a sponsor. It's beyond sponsors. It's true. I mean, now we have game, like the Foster Farms Bowl. You don't even have a bowl game anymore. And why isn't what? Okay, here's a rant for you. The Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl has been around forever. There's a stadium called the Cotton Bowl. That's why the Cotton Bowl is called the Cotton Bowl. Why is the Cotton Bowl not played in the Cotton Bowl? Is it because? Uh, it's because Jerry's World. Yes, it's because there's more seats. The Cotton Bowl holds eighty thousand people. It doesn't matter. It's, it's never the Cotton Bowl is never full when they play in Jerry's World. Furthermore, okay, so I swear, fifty percent of all Cotton Bowls are played in the rain. It's like I don't know why. Maybe it rains in Texas like what two weeks out of the year, and those two weeks always seem to fall on Cotton Bowl Day. But good God, just change the name. Stop calling it the Cotton it's Bowl. the Cotton Bowl classic now. It's disgusting is what it is. I completely agree. And I can't believe I didn't think that that was going to be your rant. I'm so <laughs> disappointed in myself for not thinking that. By the way, um, on the topic of college football, we are recording this podcast on Monday. And the three Heisman finalists were announced, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, and Bryce Love. This is going to make everyone knows Baker Mayfield's going to win it. It's not going to be close, but this will mark the fifth time in eight years that Stanford will finish second. Gerhardt, Luck, McCaffrey. Gerhardt, Luck, Luck again. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Love. Bryce Love. Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. I feel so bad for Stanford. Well, McCaffrey should have won it. Well, yeah, instead uh, of Derrick Henry. Uh, Luck probably should have won one of those. Gerhardt, I never liked him. You didn't? I thought he was um, he was a fake tough guy. It's the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, by the way. God. Um, uh, Mayfield should win it. He's the best player. I mean, he's not the best player in college football, but he's the best player that's eligible for the Heisman because they don't give Heisman to anybody, um, any position, because that requires the media understands a game of football, which they don't. So it always goes to a quarterback, a running back, or a receiver. So 
not even really a receiver. Yeah, that's true. Not even a receiver. Quarterback or running back? Because, uh, like, running back doesn't even make sense most of the time. Bryce Love, uh, I think most years he'd win the Heisman. If he hadn't missed a game or two, he'd probably win. And if Stanford had won the game Friday night, maybe he would have won. But Mayfield is such a explosive player that and they're in the college football playoff and it's you know it's like the mvp awards best player on the best team right and lamar jackson's there because he won it last year i didn't even know. argument could be made that he's a better passer this year it's not an argument at all <laughs> but he's a better player this year but they have the worst record game. yeah just goes to show you that the heisman really isn't the best player it's not and it never has been the first time I ever watched a Heisman ceremony was 1991. Desmond Howard winning over Steve Entman. Steve Entman was one of the most dominant defensive tackles in college football history. And he didn't win the Heisman. And no defensive lineman has come close since except for Indomitian Sue. Who should have won the Heisman? He absolutely should have. Because he's the other most dominating defensive tackle. That Big 12 championship game. That he had against Texas, where Nebraska got royally screwed, by the way, was one of the best individual performances I have ever seen. That was my first year out of college. I was living at home, and I had a TiVo in the upstairs TV room. And I TiVo three or four football games I wasn't going to watch a week, and then watch them over and over again. And I watched Texas play, I don't know, UCF. And their offensive line was the softest thing I'd ever seen. And I was like, there's no way, no way that team can hold up to anyone who's any good. And sure enough, and Dominican Sue and that Nebraska defensive line just destroyed them. Then Alabama kind of beat them up that year, too. Well, that helped that, you know, Colt McCoy got injured in this. Alabama would have won that. Oh, yeah. They absolutely would have. But, uh, yeah. I, re- I remember watching that Texas UCF game on Fox Sports Net. Was Steve Fiziak on the call? I was probably Barry or Tompkins. Barry Tompkins. <laughs> you know they're still calling games. I heard Barry Tompkins about two weeks ago. Yep. He's either doing that or he's doing the midnight showing of poker. Because that's the other thing he calls. Do you still watch poker on TV? I don't. I was yeah. flipping channels. And I saw it on there. And I was like, hey, that's Barry Tompkins. You're a terrible channel flipper. I only have eight channels, so my options are rather limited. I have, like, the the basic channels, and then I have no idea what package we have, but I also get BET, Spike, Comedy Central, and AMC. I think we call that the poverty package. <laughs> I don't know why, but those are the extra channels that I get. Oh, and I get the golf channel. You should be fed up. You're not a pauper. I should, but I'm probably moving soon, so I don't want to worry about that until I move. Fair enough. And, you know, basketball, football season's over. so it's college basketball. Uh, I can watch those games pretty much anywhere. Come down here for a game. Big game tomorrow, by the way, at Madison Square Garden. Ooh. Villanova against Gonzaga. Uh, who's going to win that? Mm-hmm. First of all, both teams are going to be shooting over 50% from the field because both teams just always shoot over 50% from the field. Um, the game will be played, I would say, in the I would say high 80s, low 90s maybe. I'm going to say Villanova is going to win that game by six points. I'm going to say something like 91-85. Are they still, are they still Villanova? Yes. Is uh, the fashionable Jay Wright still there? <laughs> yes. Mr. GQ himself is still there. Um, they still, you know, they're undefeated this year. Uh, they're number, I think, eight in the country. Gonzaga's, or they're number four. Is Gonzaga undefeated? Gonzaga's number 12. No, Gonzaga lost to Florida in double overtime in the Phil Knight Invitational. Oh. And a great, great game. And neither team, I think, was ahead by six, by more than six, the entire game. And those are the games that are fun to watch. Uh, college basketball non-conference used to suck. There'd be one good game a year, it seemed like, 
And the and then you know you get all these tournaments. We talked about this last week or the week before about how good non-conference college basketball has become. I was watching the ACC Big Ten Challenge, and it occurred to me that uh, that's a segue, by the way, in the radio business. Um, that segue brought to you by the Silver City Brewery. <laughs> Old Scrooge beer. And it's and then we just totally threw it off the tracks. Um, anyways, Indiana basketball fired Tom Crean last year, and they've got who's Archie Miller coaching? This twelve-year-old yep. boy. Yep, Sean Miller's brother. Is he good, and is he the right guy? He seems like he could be the right guy in 10 years. I'm going to say yes to both of those. Uh, he took Dayton to the Elite Eight that doesn't matter. a couple years ago. It doesn't matter. You're right. If it was more than a one-time fluke, I'm pretty sure he's also taken them to the Sweet 16. So it's 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 been more than a one-time thing for Archie Miller. I'm going to say yes, he is the right guy in terms of leading Indiana back to national prominence. National prominence. Ranks, ranked team, make the tournament every year. Sweet 16, Elite Eight. I don't know if he's a Final Four coach. You think he's an Elite Eight coach? He is an Elite Eight coach. Ain't that pressure cooker? Yes, I think I think he can handle it. I do. Uh, he doesn't have the talent right now, which you saw when you watched, because you watched him play Duke, right? In the ACC Big Ten ta- Challenge, he played. They played Duke. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah, yeah, they played Duke, and you know they they were there for the first twenty eight minutes, and then Duke did what Duke is supposed to do, and that's just wear teams down. Um, I think I do think that he is the right guy. I mean, I know they're four and four right now, but they're getting their. He's getting their own guys in there. They've lost to Indiana State in his first game. Yeah, Indiana State always is good for me. They lost to Seton Hall. Seton Hall sneaky good this year. They're ranked right now. Lost to Duke and lost to Michigan. And you know my love affair for John Beeline, so I'm not a. I, oh, that's not a bad that's loss the at game all. I watch. Never mind. I watched Michigan and Indiana. I'm not, guessing. Indiana and Duke. I'm guessing Indiana didn't look very good on offense. Uh, scattered. Yeah, but they played hard. That's Archie. Archie Miller teams do that, and, and that's another. Archie Miller is another coach that will have them picking up in January and February, and coming into March. They're actually playing right now, and they are beating Iowa by eighteen. Now, Iowa's not any good either. But Kirk Ferentz coach Iowa basketball too. Might as well. Actually, I, Iowa basketball has. I, I, it's another one of those guys like Long Kruger at Oklahoma that has been in like four different places and has just done been a, done well Brian everywhere. McCaffrey. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say McCaffrey, but yeah, he he's done well pretty much every he's been place in he's Iowa been for seven years. He has. He was uh, Sienna, UNC, Greensboro. He was an assistant at Notre Dame in the nineties. He's made a tournament with three different teams. Not a lot of coaches can say that. Um, he's a solid coach. Um, but that's it. Indiana, I think, has the right guy in Archie Miller. I don't know if he'll How ever much leave. time does he have? I think they're going to get – they gave Tom – they gave Kelvin Sampson and Tom Crean about two years more than I thought they would, both of them. Yeah, he's got he's do, got more time. Do you think there's an overcorrection of impatience, County? No. Because I – mean, They ran Bobby Knight out. And they they say it was because it was, it was a little violent, but it was because he lost in the tournament in the second round three times in a row. They did, but – Kelvin Sampson, how many times did he make the tournament? Well, and then Mike Davis, too. Is that the guy's name? He made the national championship game. I know. So they gave him some more time than they probably needed to. But usually it's at some point there's an overcorrection that happens where the next guy is a short leash because people get fed up. You look at New York Giants football. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's a perfect example of that. But yeah. Um, I think. I think they're going to give him some time. 
I think they're going to give him time because of his brother's success and because of his past success at Dayton. He's going to get a few years. And he did bring in a good recruiting class. He just needs them to gel. And these aren't guys that are going to be one and done. Because Indiana strikes me as a, they're, they're at their best when it's a, they're like a Midwestern Duke. Well, old Duke, not whatever that bastardization of the program. Duke is now. just Kentucky now. I mean, anyone, yeah. anyone who says anything different hasn't been paying attention. But old Duke, try hard, fundamental basketball shooters. That's what, that's what Indiana is and at their best. And that's why they have the perfect coach for that. Yeah. Uh, the problem is that there's a lot of pretty good coaches in that conference. There are. So if they want Big Ten titles, I'm not sure how easy that's going to come. This is true, and it doesn't help that there's 14 teams in the Big Ten either. Which is, uh, they need to drop a couple. I don't know why they added Rutgers. What value did Rutgers add? They're not good at anything. No. Like, do they have a good field hockey team we don't know about or something? I think they have a good lacrosse team. But Rutgers, Maryland, and Nebraska have been the three teams that the Big Ten has added. Nebraska's been a disappointment, too. I was just going to say, what value have those three teams added since they've joined the I'm Big sure Ten? I'm sure Nebraska brings them plenty of money. But prestige? Nebraska so was supposed to be there for football, but their basketball team has been better. Maryland... Their basketball team has underperformed the last two years, and I think Mark Turgeon is coaching for his job, which I agree with. Um, But they they haven't done anything that the Big Ten thought they would do either. So, and then Rutgers, I, like I said, I don't even know why they brought Rutgers in in the first place. Well, Nebraska is on the verge of turning around that football program. Called it. They I mean, easiest call. I, th- I feel like I, I mean, that has been a call since, what, 2012? Yep. Like, he's... They didn't bring him in with Mike Riley because they wanted him to get some head coaching experience first. But this was the long game for him all along. Yeah, I think everybody knew that they were just waiting. Mike Riley was just holding the baton. And he did a terrible job because that's not a good, that's not a good fit. You, it, you guys that make a lot from a little don't fit in places where they have a lot to begin with. That's why Mike Leach would not have done well at Tennessee. Apparently I've heard whispers. He is interviewing with Arkansas. He would do better at Arkansas, which, well, I I mean that roster he's got to turn over though. Like there's, is it, do they, did they throw a forward pass this year? No, but you don't know if they can because of their coach. I mean, for all you know, the next Luke Falk is on that roster, and but Brett Bielema doesn't they believe run in a similar, uh, similar offense to what Spike Diggs ran at Texas Tech before Leach showed up. But I think that if he is talking to Arkansas, that tells us that this run of Leach at Wazoo is ending within the next year or two, at the very latest. I mean, if he's looking to leave and he's interviewing in Arkansas, then he's just he's not getting what he wants from the administration, which is what we were worried about. We've uh, been saying that all year long. And, you know, he wants to go. So something to keep an eye on. Who knows? I mean, last last week on the podcast, we slowly watched him get a memorandum of understanding, actually, which he, he came to an agreement to coach at Tennessee. But I think he's going to be very happy that he's not. Well, I think that Les Miles is the right guy to do do it. I hope they make that move. Well, now the rumors I'm hearing are Willie Taggart's going to Florida State. Um, and... Kevin Sumlin is going to be replacing Scott Frost at UCF. Uh, that would be great hire by UCF. Think about who's in the state of Florida in the smaller schools of Florida. You had Scott Frost at UCF, and then you're going to have Kevin Sumlin. You've got Charlie Strong, who's doing really good things at South Florida. And you got Lane Kiffin. You got Lane Kiffin. And then you got nobody at Florida State. Billy Taggart. Um, and the one thing I heard about Taggart today was he was insulted by Florida State's first offer, which was a good million less than Scott Frost got paid to go to Nebraska. And 
uh, Taggart has a better resume, technically. Does he? More experience. He's got more experience. He thinks he does. But does he really have a better resume? He never took one of the directional Florida schools undefeated. Yeah, but he got him to like 11 and 2. That's not undefeated. (laughs) Okay. And he had Quentin Flowers of South Florida. Um, But he was insulted by their offer, and he almost just walked away. He's going to go. I think that um, even though Oregon fans will probably disagree with this, it is in their best interest that he leaves. Why? Because he is not going to win enough games there. If you're then, if you're Oregon, who who do you want? Who would well, you want as a replacement? Levitt is going to follow Taggart if he goes back to Florida because Levitt coached down there for a while. We talked about that last week, I think. Yep. Wasn't uh, Levitt at South, South Florida yeah, before Taggart? Twenty years before Taggart. Yeah. yeah, he was there for twenty years from when they were before they were even D one. Um, so I don't know who the hell they, they pick up, but, uh, they can do a lot better than Willie Taggart. Could, could Kevin Sumlin then be an option at Oregon? I think that would be a great move, but Taggart needs to shit or get off the pot. He's, I think he's gone. I, I do. I don't think that's a good hire for Florida State. Either. I don't, I don't either. I, I really I, I don't. I just don't. Think he coaches with the detail necessary to win in a major conference. I'm going to say something that I had that that I have haven't heard. I just want to know what your opinion is. What about less miles to Florida State? They'd be on probation in two years. <laughs> I mean, if if Taggart doesn't get the job, who would be the guy at Florida State? They don't. Less is larger than life, and he runs the show wherever he is, and so was Jimbo Fisher, and that's why they got in fights at Florida State. I mean, Jimbo tells everybody. I mean, Less is a little bit, a lot easier going than Jimbo, but I'm not sure that would fit. Even though I'd love to see him recruiting Florida, and then, like you know, that he would be. Just salivating with the flaming spear at the like he just oh he, would, he that grass would taste so stuff. good to him oh, that it, it have a little smoky flavor <laughs> have a little smoky flavor from the flaming spear he'd love it mm-hmm. he would love it he'd love coaching there I personally think he should end up in Tennessee most of all I just want to see him coaching again I don't care if he's where he is he'd go to Oregon I don't care oh God no no. I don't want him in Oregon. He's long been one of my favorite coaches. And, you know, he lost his way a little bit toward the end of his tenure at LSU. Fresh start. I think Alabama just fucked with his head, which is why I don't think he's going to take the job at Tennessee. I think that he, I mean, honestly, though, Alabama's toughest game every year was Ole Miss and LSU. Why was it Ole Miss? Well, because they cheated. Because that coach knew how to attack that uh, that defense. He's a, he's Hugh, Free, Hugh Freeze to Florida State after the show oh, costs. Boy, he's at the Free Shoes University. <laughs> <or almost bad. laughs> um, but I think that he always gave Alabama a good game. He just uh, needed to stop meddling with the offense. Yeah. And just say... Because when Gary Crotton was there and Jimbo Fisher was there, you just do what Leach does with the defense. Up. You guys, because Les is an offensive guy, and he like he's like, you know, I want us to be physical, violent football, and you can do that without running fullback dives all game and inside tosses to Jacob Hester. Well, those worked. That's true. That offensive line was pretty good. So. God, okay. I mean, someone is going to get a job somewhere. Can you see someone at Florida State then? If Taggart Texas, doesn't get it? And so this is another thing. Texas A&M, A&M hated someone because it was hard to deal with. And so they went and found Jimbo Fisher. It's going to be the worst to deal with. The funny. fact that they gave him $75 million guaranteed boggles my mind. The, the, yeah, and it's all booster money. Oh, yeah. That's all from, like, three boosters, I'm sure. Nothing from the budget. Yeah. 
but um and m boys you know you got to give them credit they got deep pockets he i don't under i don't like when you're hiring a guy look at him and go why did you tail off the last few years that's what that's the question that should have been to jimbo fisher instead of we want to hire you like what happened well you did, you didn't recruit the offensive line you, you haven't developed um the quarterback you, you had a whole season with a young quarterback a third string quarterback, granted, but you didn't develop him much at all, and your defense has been slipping. So what's going on there? People only care about results, and they see the fact that Jimbo has a national championship, and that's the only well, thing they prestige. focus on. It's winning the press yes. conference. Jimbo will always win a press conference. That's why Trump is president. <laughs> well, it's, is because of the press conference instead of getting down into the details. Well, no politician has ever done himself a favor by swaying the details. Which is what they're there for, but that's another issue that's altogether. Different, different podcast. Um, yeah. So I think someone would do fine at Florida State. The coaching search is still. Very, very interesting. It's the most interesting coaching search I, I can ever remember. Thank you, Tennessee, for being an absolute and cluster. Philip Fulmer, God bless you, you slimy little turd. Once again, you scheme and you shake hands and you go through back doors. Last time, it was convincing uh, the administration of Tennessee in the early 90s that legendary coach Johnny Majors was unfit to coach. Until you get the full-time job, because the guy was sick for like a month. He missed a few games because he's old and sick, and he runs him out of town because he's Philip Fulmer. Now he just undercuts an AD and runs the guy out of town, and he's, he's now the AD. That guy really knows how to work it. That's the guy that should be in politics. I think football is his politics. That's true. Um, but... Hats off to him for just your standard, slimy, SEC, old ball coach. You know what's another thing that's kind of driving this to be a fascinating coaching search is the three-day early signing period. Oh, it makes everything pick up. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that recruits can sign on the 20th of December instead of February 2nd is making – Coaches is making programs react a lot faster. That's why Jim McElwain was fired in October. That's why Bush Jones was fired in November instead of going to the or instead of going to the end of the season, is because they wanted someone in place for the recruits for the early signing period. Well, Tennessee still doesn't have that person in place. That's true, but Florida does, and I think Florida made the right decision. I think they, they got made. Uh, one of the best hires of this whole bonanza. I, I mean, we're not even... Herm Edwards is going to provide so much unintentional comedy. I'm not even going to talk about his press conference because I know there's more gold coming. I the bot, Nothing beats the AD's press conference, though. Which were he's talking about turning them into like a... National champion. Turning them into mid-2000s USC. Yeah. Where he said second place in the Pac-12 South isn't good enough. These are the statements made by a guy who's three years out of losing his job. Uh, uh, Nebraska AD in 2003 made similar statements after a 9-3 and three Nebraska season. Fired Frank Zolich. It's been 14 years. They haven't recovered. Uh, I could give countless examples of not good enough ADs. Like who go, oh no, that's not good enough. I'm going to bring in as always their own guy. It's always some guy. Like Lloyd Carr, get out of here. I'm going to bring in Rich Rod so he can go three and nine at Michigan. Oh God. But we're going to play rap music during TV timeouts at the big house. Because we just want to piss on the whole experience. Because that's what every Michigan fan wants. And then, and then after I fire Rich Rod, I'm gonna just just hum, just destroy the hiring process so much that Les Miles and Jim Harbaugh turn me down, and I end up with Brady Hoke. Hey, in Brady Hoke's defense, 
he did touch the Michigan Michigan sign when he ran out onto the field. Barely because he couldn't jump more than four inches off the ground, but he got up enough to touch it. Les Miles was gone. He was gone. He was going to Michigan. No, Les Miles was going to be doing somersaults over that. And then they leaked it. Jim Harbaugh. All he wanted them to do was reach out with some modicum of dignity. And then they just they, they, they acted like, oh, well, of course he'd take it. And so he told them to go to hell. Yeah, and that's that's a that's an old rant. Um, I think that the the writer for the Detroit Free Press or the Michigan historian named John Bacon. He's written a, written a bunch of books about Michigan, um, but that whole Lloyd Carr thing was ridiculous. It was pretty funny. Um, at four loss Lloyd, just remember that he seemed to have four losses. I think Every he year. only actually had four losses twice. Then why was his name? Why do people call him Four Lost Lloyd? They only we only know one person called him Four Lost Lloyd. Um, I think he went nine and three a lot. Then in bowl games. Let me let me look at his, his right. uh, resume. Here. Okay, well while he's doing that, I'm going to go on a quick quick tangent. Baseball about the Japanese Babe Ruth Shohei Otani. And he had four losses five Okay, so maybe it made sense. Yeah. So we don't talk a whole lot of baseball um, on this podcast. We might be doing it a little bit more in the coming months because, well, we won't have a whole lot to talk about. But uh, basically, basically, Major League Baseball is on hold right now for two reasons. Figuring out where Shohei Otani is going to end up. The Japanese Babe Ruth, the two-way player, 23 years old, throws 100 miles an hour and hits home runs all the time, apparently, even though he's he hit 275 in the Japanese league. So uh, I think he's much better as a pitcher. And then the other one is uh, where Giancarlo Stanton is going to end up. Now, Stanton is going to be the first Major League Baseball MVP to be traded since Alex Rodriguez. It's going to happen. If you twist my arm, I'm going to tell you that the Giants end up with one of those two. They're either going to get Stanton. Alex Rodriguez was traded as an MVP? From the Rangers. After In 2003, he won the MVP, and he was traded from the Rangers to the Yankees. He won the MVP even though they probably lost 90 games? I, yes. I'm almost positive, and I will double-check that right now. But uh, – the Giants are going to end up with one of those players, either Otani or Stanton. I don't think they're going to end up with both, uh, but I do think that they're going to get one. I think they're going to get Stanton, and I think that they're going to get Stanton because they're going to be the ones that are going to be eating the most, uh, the majority of his salary, which means they're not going to be able, they're not going to have to give up as good of a prospect or group of prospects to get him. Why is he being traded? Because Derek Jeter wants to clean house and start over. He was the MVP last year. Yes. Did they have a good team? No. How do you win the MVP? Because he hit 59 home runs. Yes, I know. Uh, Yeah, he was the um, National League MVP. And yes, Alex Rodriguez won the um, MVP in 2003 for the Texas Rangers when they went 71 and 91. So that's basically saying that if Alex Rodriguez wasn't there, they would have won 0-162. Pretty much. Yeah. But with those Rangers teams back then, I believe it. He also won a gold glove that year at shortstop. He was a good shortstop. Yeah, but I don't know if he was gold glove worthy. But Derek Jeter also won gold gloves. and That was before the whole thing really got popular. That's true. The whole actually playing defense thing. There was a game. There was a year where Rafael Palmero won a gold glove despite playing like only 50 games at first base. He was mainly a DH and he still won a gold glove. Anyways, um, I think Stanton is going to end up with the Giants. Otani, I want to say he's going to end up with the Mariners. I wouldn't be surprised at all. They're leaders right now. They're leading. I wouldn't be surprised either, but I think they're going to find a way to mess it up. I think Otani, honestly, is going to end up with the Angels. I think that Mariners' leadership is a little bit better than they have been. 
if they're a little bit more focused, I think that, I mean, it's going to be either California team or it's going to be Seattle. Because well, large the, Asian communities make the transition easier. He's already he's already l- narrowed it down to seven teams. Yeah, I know. And, and six, five of them, the five of them are on the West Coast. Yeah, and then you got the Rangers who are there because they have the most bonus money to make an offer him. And then the Cubs don't really get the Cubs. He's not going to want to play. I think he's going to want to go to an American League team. Yeah. Money doesn't matter to him right now because he's 23, and in three he's, years yeah. he's going to be able yeah. to sign a huge exactly. contract. Yeah. Uh, so boy, howdy on KJR was uh, no Shaky on KJR was uh, making an argument that money isn't as relevant. That's as not relevant at all. Situation because he's got so many more contracts coming. If money was relevant to him, he would wait two years when he can sign when he would be an unrestricted free agent and then sign a 250 million dollar deal. Well, he could probably, if he kicks ass, then he'll get that kind of deal and whatever money he's making now. But I think I think he's going. I'm I, I'm putting it out there. He's going with the Angels. That is my guess. Well, I'm going to say he's going to go with the Mariners. I hope you're right. And they're going to screw him up. I, I hope you're wrong there. They're going to overly manage him. And I think <sighs> I'm going to be interested <laughs> to see what position he plays. You think he's a better pitcher? A much better pitcher. I, he would be the Mariners. Is he, is, is, so I, you know what? Believe it or not, I think I actually because uh, uh, our basketball guy plays in a fantasy league where you can buy player rights even if they play overseas. Yep, I have him. And I do too. Bought him two or three years ago. So when I looked him up, he's got a hundred mile an hour arm. He's got good off speed stuff, right? I watched him pitch yeah. against the World Baseball, like the American All Stars when they pit, when they played in yeah. Japan. He's got decent stuff. He would be the best, the number two starter for the Mariners behind James Paxton. So why? Okay, so if he's a number two starter, why is he getting all this flirtation? Like why? Why would he be getting all that money if he's a number two guy? Because he's only twenty three and he's already a number two. Felix was number one at twenty. Yeah, and look how much money he made. I know. Well, okay. Yeah, but he's a number one. I think he has the potential to be number one. I think right now, right now, he would be the number one starter on the Angels. And he'll be a number two starter until Paxson. And he'll be the number two starter until uh, May when Paxson gets a blister. Yeah. Okay. He'd be the number two starter on the Dodgers behind Kershaw. As long as they don't re-sign Darvish. This seems like this is such a sweepstakes for a number two guy and again, it's based on potential, and it's based on the fact that he's a number two starter right now at 23. You don't get a lot of 23-year-old number twos. All right. Well, I'm going to trust you on baseball. So I'm hoping I because – I haven't watched baseball. Either. I'm hoping for two reasons. One, because there is a very good chance he does sign with the Mariners. And two, I also drafted him in my fantasy dynasty league. So I'm hoping that he does good things there. So – uh, yes, but I think I'm going to say right now he's going with the Angels and Stanton's ending up with the Giants. So that's our, our baseball spiel. Okay, quick question for you. Fire away. I am looking at a very, very beautiful Christmas tree right now. Uh-huh. It has white lights. Now, when you grew up, were you? did you grow up on white lights only or did you grow up on this, colored this lights? Is a, 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 I'm going to say this is a good thing my wife doesn't Um this has been a, a source of marital discord <laughs> for a long time. Uh, I grew up on, so my, my mom has and still has multiple trees throughout the house. Uh, I believe she's fully adopted the colored lights look. Uh, no, the, the white lights look. I believe believed for many years in colored lights, especially on the exterior those big, bold lights. I will agree with you, except for one thing. The icicle lights have to be white, obviously. If you have the the lights that are hanging from the gutters down that are supposed to look like icicles, they have to be white. Yes, of course. Um, but yes. trees, I've warmed to white lights. They, they pop the tree more. Um, they, they bring out... Both the trees have white lights. Uh... You know, they, they, they just, they look better. Outdoors, we've got white lights in the garage. I think i got to put them up tomorrow. If I had it my way, we're talking those old-fashioned bulb lights. The ones that, when you see them on TV, they're blurry because they're so, the bulbs are so big. 
just you know, just your standard traditional. Christmas is about tradition. It's about nostalgia. I don't believe in in a lot of modernizing Christmas. This thing, I don't like it. This wooden. Uh, it's a wooden Christmas tree with bulbs on it. It's well, all Christmas trees are wooden. I mean, it's a frame, really, is what it is. Yes. There's no branches or anything. Um, but I, I and actually, just, no, not all wooden Christmas trees are wooden. A lot of them are plastic nowadays. I grew up in the days before, as did you. I mean, you, you know, you live in, you live, grew up on a dirt road. Just the old life of not a lot of fancy crap. I just like good old fashioned, simple bulb lights, multiple colors, but. Not a wide variety of colors, because then it looks like crap. Okay. But with a tree, white lights. Okay. Uh, I have one more Christmas question for you. Okay. It's a two-parter. Well, I guess my follow-up question is, what about you? I agree completely. I Honestly, I've always been a colored lights guy. My Christmas tree growing up has always had colored lights on it. I had a personal Christmas tree as a kid with colored lights. But I'm looking at these two Christmas trees right now with white lights, and it sold me. White lights all the way. You've got the great seat in the house where you can see both trees. It's true. It's perfect. So it's unique. So my other Christmas question, it's a two-parter. What is your your personal favorite Christmas tradition? And what is your least favorite Christmas tradition? And I can go first if you want me to. Go first while I think this up, even though I know your answer for the least favorite Christmas tradition. Okay. So my least favorite Christmas Christmas tradition. <laughs> my least favorite Christmas tradition. So my mom grew up in a house where every Christmas Eve they had what they called fruit soup, which was basically just a bunch of dried fruit thrown in a broth of fruit juice. And it is it was as bad as it sounds. Now, my mom decided that since she was punished that way as a child, uh, her children were going to be punished that way as well. So every Christmas Eve, she would put apple juice, orange juice, grape juice as the broth. And then she would just throw every fruit imaginable in there. Apricots, dry, dried apricots, dried pears, uh, dried apples, um, I think there were mangoes. I think, I mean, it was just everything. She'd throw clothes in there. She'd throw cinnamon in there. We weren't allowed to have the rest of our Christmas Eve dinner until we finished our bowl of fruit soup. Now, this was a point of contention every year in our house because I absolutely hated it. That no. being said, I might do it to my children just because I Don't. have to as well. No, that's terrible. Don't do it. It has to stop. It has to stop. I've been hearing about fruit soup for over a decade. I don't want to hear about it anymore. You really have. Okay. My favorite tradition, also food-related. It's Christmas. uh, Christmas morning, I would wake up, and we would have gingerbread. Does this still happen? Yes. Okay. We would have gingerbread. My mom would make the gingerbread out of the Christmas tree. So she had, like, a Christmas tree mold. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we had uh, gingerbread out of the Christmas tree mold, and we would have hot chocolate with whipped cream in there, and we would open up our stockings while we were eating that breakfast. It was also the only time, only day of the year my dad didn't drink coffee. Always drank hot chocolate with us on Christmas Day. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. So my favorite Christmas tradition is the gingerbread. So favorite, least favorite, both food related. How about you? It's, I'm having a really hard time coming up with least favorite Christmas tradition. You know, because my family doesn't have a fruit soup abomination. Um, I really enjoy Christmas. I'm a big Christmas guy. Uh, and through the fact that time goes on and Christmas is always slightly altered for the best possible experience. Not a lot of bad traditions have continued. This is a really special Christmas for you as well because this is your baby's first Christmas. Yes. So. Of which I will not be serving him fruit soup. Well, that's because he can't. Well, I think of the, he's, he's, he's got five feet now. Mm-hmm. Um, Eight months. Just started to crawl yesterday, right? Right under the Christmas tree. I saw the picture. 
Yeah, and then he got tired and stuck, so he screamed <laughs> to get out because he's too freaking lazy. Okay, uh, favorite Christmas tradition. I've got two of them. Chris, so we celebrate as a family Christmas on Christmas Eve. The dinner is always Swedish meatballs. This is a time-honored recipe that I believe is passed down through three generations. And it's on, my mother still has the original recipe. I believe in my great-grandmother's handwriting, it might be my grandmother's handwriting, on a little tiny card. I mean, it's not... uh, um, it's not, it's not the, it's basically a giant, a bunch of giant meatballs smothered in white gravy. Can't go wrong with that. All right. It's what's the other one? The package game. I could, de- I could devote an entire show to the package game. We're going to get into the package game a little bit later as far as that, because I actually don't know the story. So I want you to go in depth. So next week we're going to talk about the package game. So, everyone, that is our podcast for the day. Thank you very much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. 